fast forward to today, like if you have good land, you have it priced right, and all things check off, location, price, and property. Those are the three things we've been talking about a lot. All those check off and fit the A or B box primarily, and you're in for a lot of profit, Ron. Welcome to the Real Estate Investing Podcast, where we help you unlock your potential freedom through land investing, real estate investing, and entrepreneurship. Hey everyone, this is episode 155 of the Real Estate Investing Podcast, discussing a 24-month land investing prediction. I'm your host, Daniel Apke, joined again by my brother and business partner, Ron Apke. Before we get into the show, let's go over a question from one of our featured Discord members. Today's question is from Evelyn. Evelyn asked, I just sold my first property. I purchased it for $11,500 and sold it for $33,000. We will net over $20,000 on it. Wanted to say thank you for all the guidance and ask if it is a good idea to scale up my mail volume. I feel three months in and I feel like I'm starting to become more efficient. Yeah, that's a that's a good question. So you're twenty thousand maybe you used a three thousand you used a few thousand dollars on mail, I'm sure, obviously, but you're up, let's say, seventeen, eighteen thousand dollars. Um I think that's the time, Dan, when you're starting to feel more efficient with your processes with the business model in general, don't up your volume 2x, but maybe 10% up your mail volume, maybe next month, try 20, whatever it is. Do it slowly, Evelyn, so you're not overwhelming everything that you're doing. Um, but if you can be, if you're 20% more efficient in this business with, with your time, theoretically, you should be able to up your mail volume 20%. I really like that question. I don't know exactly the whole situation. Knowing more information could give me a better insight on what to suggest, but I don't think it's a bad time for sure. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I mean, you proof of concepts there. You made money, check, check, right? And let's reinvest those profits right back into the business, up your mail, text, whatever that is. Just put it back into the business and you'll see even a greater ROI in the future. Let's get into the show. Today's topic is our 24-month land investing prediction. This is just a market overview. We're going to talk a little bit about the current market, what we're seeing the previous 24 months, what we think the future 24 four months are looking like. And fourth and finally, we're going to talk about where to put your focus in the land investing business to help avoid or you know to, to maximize your profits in your business based on what our expectations are on. I like that a lot. I, I think we, we probably do these every three to six months, somewhere like that. I think it kind of calls for one right now. Um, I, I just think this is a really good time for this episode. I, I want to start by talking about current market update, Ron, because we saw a drop off earlier this year. And I think it was because we were in a transitioning market potentially, and people were cautious of where they're putting it. And it kind of, the heat of the market the last six to eight months, I'd say, or six to eight months ago, started to drop off six to eight months ago. It seemed like just a little bit less buyers. People were a little cautious. And then it started really, really picking back up and get fast forward to today, current market, Ron, it seems like the the market's held strong. I'm curious to where we can talk. We're going to talk about where it's going, but the the market on the sell side, it seems to be really strong if you have properly priced land and you're not buying defective product uh, properties. It's not like 24 months ago, Ron, where we could buy a property that was a triangle shape with 10 feet of road access looking like a piece of pizza straight back and it would sell and it would sell in 12 hours. That was a whole nother animal. But fast forward to today, like if you have good land, you have it priced right and all things check off location, price and property. Those are the three things we've been talking about a lot. 
all those check off and fit the A or B box primarily, and you're in for a lot of profit, Ron. Yeah, I, I really like where we are with the market, and I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. And We do deals, guys, all over the country, everywhere, so I feel like we typically have a pretty good pulse on the market. Obviously, we don't understand. Every market has its own individual things, but in terms of as a whole, like I'm seeing very consistent things across different markets. Um, like Daniel said, it wasn't sustainable what was happening 12, 24 months ago with how many people were competing. Like it just could not keep on going up the way it was going up. It's not like it, it would just be too fast and it had to flatten out. And that's what happened. It flattened out and dropped a little bit. Um, I think that was a combination you talked about a lot, Dan, with uh, land in particular. Was, I think it was a combination of a recession or a drop off in the market along with just the winter months because those kind of collided and overlapped and people do not buy land as much in the winter months. And now as it's April, uh, it's May now, I guess. Wow. I almost said March. Um, as it's May now, like land purchases are going up. The recession is kind of, I feel like it's balancing out to like a pretty stable market. But right now I think there's so much skill to doing this. You cannot just sell. The thing about this is 24 months ago, you could buy any property and sell it anyway. Now you can buy you you, you got to buy decent property and then you got to know how to market it as well. Like there is a lot of skill on the marketing aspect. And I think that even makes what we're doing more valuable to these sellers because a realtor might not be able to sell a property for a seller because they have no clue what they're doing in land. Like I think realtors, um, I think it's more difficult to sell land uh, basically is what I'm saying, Dan. Real quick, guys, you know that I don't run any ads on this, so the only ask I can ever have with you guys is to help me spread the word so that we can help more real estate entrepreneurs make more money, help feed their families, and help achieve more freedom in their life. The only way we can do this is if you could rate, review, and share this podcast. So the single thing that I ask you to do is if you could just leave a review, it would take only 10 seconds. It would mean the world to Ron and I, but more importantly, it may change the world of someone else. So the previous 24 months, like Ron said, weren't sustainable. Then we saw a little drop off six to eight months ago based on the winter months and kind of a transition. I mean, there's so many things in the market that were going on, Ron. There's still an inventory shortage of houses. Interest rates hiked from 2.75% to what's prime right now, 6%. It's just the, the I, I don't know what prime is. That was just a guess, a guess number, Ron. But they hiked, they doubled. Interest rates doubled. Things were changing and interest rates were hiking fast too, it's not like slow hikes. They were hiking fast and they're going to do another hike. So things were changing really fast. I think there's just so much, it was more uncertainty than, than the market performance in my mind, Ron. And I think we both agree on that. So we talked about current market, what we're seeing, and we talked about the previous market. Let's talk about what we're, what we expect the future 12, 24 months is far out there. We can talk about that, yeah. but that is, that's far away. Like 20, 23, 24 months, 12 months is more realistic. Let's just talk about where we see the future as a whole. Yeah. I mean... I expect to have a little uptick, I think, these next six months, Dan. I really do. Like you said, we're starting to feel it as we're selling properties. Buyers are coming. Like I see the interest in our properties. I see how fast some of our partners are selling properties that we're funding. Um, and it's just pricing right. Like it's You need to price right. You cannot just put your property up for any price. And I think that's just going to – I think the market's going to balance out quite a bit over these next six to 12 months where you're going to have – I don't see inventory increasing a crazy amount in land. And that's why I think the market's going to go up a little bit after the drop-off that we had. Um, I just see so many buyers right now. I'm really, I, I think there's, if you're marketing your land correctly, Dan, I think you're going to be in really good shape. Yes. And keep in mind, 
market to market is so, so, so much different. We've had land in markets where there's two buyers in the whole 25 square miles or 50 square miles, and it's just ridiculously slow. Then we have them where we sell them in the, literally the same exact day we list them. So each market has its own economy. So we're just saying as a whole, what we're seeing, mark the market, difference yourself. You, you might, maybe someone listening to this has sat on a property for 120 days with very little interest. One, I'd ask about your pricing and two, I'd ask about the defects and three, I'd ask about the location and the buyer's interest. It might just be in a slow area if you're sitting on it too. And you might, you might get that money you put it up for. You just might need to wait five months, Ron. And that's the reality of it. Every market's so much different. Like here, I live in the Tampa, St. Pete area. I'm in St. Pete. But when I go out in St. Pete and Tampa, there's their, Florida has its own economy. I mean, these restaurants are pricey and they are full and the parking lots are full and people are out spending a lot, a lot of money. And that's a lot different from some economies out you know, in markets that took a harder hit and are taking a harder hit, it's much, much different. So each economy has its own market as well. And I want to point that out. Yeah, that, that's a really good point. And th there are very, very hot markets, like Dan was saying, like there are still markets where you can buy and you can sell what feels like over market value and markets are going up every single week. And there's so much demand, it doesn't really matter the price, honestly. Um, and then you have markets that the complete opposite where you can't undercut market value enough and you just got to wait for the right buyers. Um, and that that's the slower end. And then you have in between, which I think is an amazing spot to be where if you undercut the market a little bit, you're going to sell your properties really fast. And that's where you want to be Dan is in those markets where you can sell at 90% of market value within two weeks. Um, if you're priced at 70% of market value and you still can't sell your land, you might be in too slow of a market. Yeah, or there's defected land or you're in an HOA yeah. or something. Something's off there for sure. But talking about that, like the the thing that concerns me in these next 24 months are, are loans because people, the banks are getting tighter on loans. They're getting tighter on land loans, you know, without structures on them. Uh, building loans are, are getting tighter and tighter. And that's the main concerns, the banking behind it. That being said, in our price range, there's a lot of times a lot of cash buyers and there's ways to go about this as well. And there are options to, you know, seller financing options, creative financing options on the, on the sell side. And then you can sell the notes, which are fairly easy to sell. The problem with that, when you sell it on seller financing is you're going to lose profit because you get 70 to 80% of the unpaid principal balance drawn back from the note buyer historically. And that's kind of the big question mark there, Ron, is yes, you can sell it seller financing, but there's obstacles to that as well that opens up the buyer's pool though if you want if you're worried about days on market that opens up the buyer pool a lot probably triples or quadruples it in my mind and in, in many markets Ron. but there there are options to go the main focus is for us because qualified buyers can get money and that's what we're focused on right now qualified buyers can get money whether it's through a bank or themselves or whatever it is refinancing their house for cash we get a lot of that qualified buyers get money so we're focusing on qualified buyers by getting extremely nice land, you know, a properties, a price, all that, and listing them for sale. And then the offers come in, they will find money a lot of times for them. And we're not struggling on the sales side. And if we yeah. opened it up to seller financing round, it would open up. I mean, I'm sure our days on market would go down quite a bit, but right now for us, we're at 85 days from when we wire money out to get it back in. And that's, you know, going through title and everything on the back end. And I'm okay with that number. 85 is pretty nice. Yeah, I think that's ideal opposed to going the seller financing route. You have a lot more 
uh, logistical things, operational things that you're going to have to go through with the seller financing. Um, but that is definitely an option to offload properties. And that's what we tell people, Dan, who are maybe struggling to sell a property. Have you looked at seller financing it? Um, not to say we're experts on it. We've learned a lot in the last 12 months on it. Uh, we've done some deals related to it, but it's not something, it's not a bulk of our business. Uh, we would prefer continually evaluate our marketing on the property, see what we can do better to market it, and then evaluating the price. Um, shoot, I was going to say something, Dan, and I completely lost my train of thought. Do we have another segment going on? Well, we kind of covered the four, Ron, current market update, previous 24, future 24-month predictions, and so on. But yeah, we talked about seller financing quite a bit, Ron, and that is an option for you guys who are struggling to sell properties. It's just- I got my thought. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so what what I'm seeing, Dan, a ton of, and like I think the post-COVID market, and I was talking with someone earlier about this, the post-COVID market has driven people away from cities not necessarily there. That's the thing about like land, like 50, 60, $70,000 land. A lot of people are looking at this as just like long-term appreciating. And it's a lot of cash buyers who are looking to kind of uh, combat inflation by buying long-term term assets like land. And I've seen so many people that maybe live in, I don't know, Charlotte, North Carolina. I feel like we say that name a lot. And we have a piece of land three hours outside of there. And they're investing $50,000 because they know that piece of land is going to be worth 123 years from now. I was looking at our piece, Dan, just a week ago or so. And we bought this at the hottest time of the market in my mind. Uh, yeah, we got it cheap. Um, but we bought 40 acres in Northern Kentucky. We bought it for, I mean, when we bought, we bought it for a hundred thousand. It was probably worth like one fifty when we bought it, and we viewed this as a long term hold. There's forty acres right now going for two fifty to two seventy. There, like I really think we've appreciated one hundred twenty thousand dollars. We have more equity in it because we got it cheap. But I'm saying if we bought it at market value six eight months ago, whenever it was, we would have gained a hundred thousand dollars or so just on that appreciation of that property. And I think a lot of savvy investors are trying to spread their money out. And I think land is a really good spot to do that. Yeah. If you guys have land in Northern Kentucky, I will buy it. I want to buy more and more and more. So, and to hold it just for tax or for long-term, you know, holding purposes, Ron. And then the last, the one thing I did want to say that I also slipped my mind earlier and I was trying to think Ron was uh, land. When you look at the value of land historically, it it's not as volatile as traditional real estate. So what that means is when the market goes up, Land doesn't go as much up, but it goes up too. It does correlate, but it doesn't reflect as much. The market goes down 10%. Real estate market goes down. Land goes down 2%. So it's really, really safe, really, really steady. And people, and it's low maintenance. Keep that in mind. It's very low maintenance. And I think that's why low maintenance and low cost. Tax is like $200 on 50 acres in a lot of these places. It's crazy cheap to maintain. So you can just put your money there and know you have an appreciating safe asset. And I think that's the main difference, Ron, is because investors know that and people know that they they say, oh, I can buy my land now. I have money, but I'm not going to build for five years because I'm not ready to. So let's just buy that land right now. And in five years, we'll build. There are a lot lands different than houses because the maintenance Ron, there's so many people out there who would just buy land as an investment and you don't need to do anything to it. It can just sit there and you pay very minimal to upkeep it. That property we uh, bought, Dan, in Kentucky, 40 acres, it just got reassessed. Guess what you got reassessed for? 20000 $9,900. And it's without a doubt worth $200,000. That's the thing. Like They don't care about this. They want to assess these properties correctly that have structures on it and get the taxes from it. These vacant land, like we have 100, 
$20 tax bill on 40 acres that's worth $200,000, $250,000, and it's assessed at $10,000. They do not, the and majority of rural counties, 100%, like it's not just this Northern Kentucky County, like they, they just don't care about it. They're not trying to make their money on taxes from their acres of vacant land. They want, they want to have people who are going to eventually build on the land or subdivide or do whatever with the land. Yeah, exactly. I wonder if that's ever going to change and they're actually going to start assessing them properly. Why do they do that? I just think there's, I was talking to someone literally yesterday about it who asked, he was trying to price based on assessed value. I said, please don't do that. Um, that's not going to be good. You'll, you'll be offering $4,000 for a $200,000 piece of land. Um, I, I don't know exactly. I just think it's so much work to assess land correctly and the value is constantly changing and people hold it for so long and there's such little ta- amount of taxes coming from it. Um, I don't know. Some, I feel like it's some just counties are thing. different. Some counties and, and play this, like look into your counties that you're in. It's all different. Look at the tax bill, but some counties have an appraised value and then a tax value and they're different. And I think that's to keep the tax down for land investors. Like the appraised value will be much more assessed than the actual and appraised. Tax. Yeah. Assessed and appraised. That's what I meant. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So let's talk assessed about where to put me more market value. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, sorry. yeah. Let's talk about where to put your focus going forward. So future 24 months, like we, we do see a uptick coming in, in purchases like land from our point of view right now is really starting to pick up. The leads are picking up. I know it's becoming that those months are on it's May 2nd right now when we're recording this. So obviously it picks up in the summer and declines a little bit in the winter, but it just seems like there's more qualified buyers coming to us now than there was six months ago. Yeah. So where to go from now, like keep buying land, do your due diligence on the front end, but like keep your business rolling, keep your mail going out, um, stay consistent, which is something we obviously always preach with this business. And I think everything else is going to fall into place. Like it is a really, really, really good time to be in this business, whether you're just getting started day one or you're 12 months in, there's a lot of deals out there to be had in the next six, 12, 24 months. Um, I'm very optimistic about this. I think there's a ton of value in doing what we do, having that cash up front for sellers and then knowing how to sell things on the back end is an extremely valuable skill. It's not as easy as just buying and selling. Like there is a skill to it. And do your due diligence. You mitigate risk by doing work up front. You mitigate the risk of your money out, but when doing work up front, finding out every single thing about the property, so you're not going to lose on the back end. Ron and I saved a lot of, you know, had a lot of those mistakes that we try to teach our members and community, Ron, from, you know, we bought a trash fill. We bought a, what was it called? A landfill. landfill. We bought a yeah. landfill. We bought literally property with 20, 50, 50 foot gullies on a two acre property in a subdivision that was just a gap in the earth that no one could build on. Like we've, we've bought a lot of crap properties and we learned from our mistakes. So that's why we come to you with this and you can mitigate a lot of that risk by buying good properties. Like the market's always going to be good for underpriced. Like I said, it's less volatile land market underpriced land on the market. So you're undercutting the market a little bit and there's nice land like the market. I don't care what you say is always going to be good for that. It just comes down to making sure your land's good and the price is right in the good location, Ron. Exactly. I don't have much more to add, Dan. I think, uh, I don't, I don't have much more to add. I think it's very, I'm very optimistic about the next 12, 24 months. Thank you for joining. If you guys have not, please leave us a review on Apple podcast. It really helps our business grow and we really, really appreciate it. But other than that, guys, thank you for joining and we'll see you next episode. Thanks, guys.